0: What's up, Snapback fam? Welcome back to another episode of Snapback Sports Pod. On this episode, we have the privilege to interview Ross Stripling, all-star pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, our first MLB baseball player we've ever had on the podcast. Super excited for you guys to listen in. He's a great guy. Super interesting also. Not only a pitcher, but loves the stock market. And also, we did a version of Ranked where we ranked our least favorite fantasy football players, Our list will be all over social media. Let us know your list. But overall, let's get it. Blue wire.
1: The Baltimore Ravens select
2: Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. His own. All year. Every year. Jackson, Jackson himself. Oh, he broke his head.
0: what's going on snapback fam welcome back to another episode of the snapback sports pod we're super excited to welcome in los angeles dodgers pitcher ross stripling aka the chicken strip (laughs) ross what what, where's that nickname come from i saw your tweet saying that's when you really know you made it is when you could wear that on the back of your jersey and honestly i tend to agree is that an actual nickname that you get called
1: you know what man That's so funny for uh first off thanks for having me guys you know that nickname came about mostly because when you have the last name stripling, you get called Stripper, uh <laughs> Strip Club and Dollar Bills, Strip, all that stuff. And the first year of the uh players weekend, they were trying to keep all those names as PG as they could. You know, a couple of people have now branched out from that, which I think has been good, but you know, they didn't they thought Stripper was too PG thirteen and, and that's what I get called the most. And so I had to get stripper. creative. Yeah. And some people have called me Chicken Strip, just kind of, you know, funny one time. No one has ever consistently called me that. But, man, that nickname stuck, and I am definitely Chicken Strip now in Los Angeles.
2: Is that <laughs> is that how you, like, like if someone's walking by your locker in in the clubhouse, it's like it's not a game or anything, and someone wants to get your attention, like Justin Turner's like, yo, Chicken Strip, you're trying to go get something to eat or something? Is it literally like that, or is it more <laughs> of just uh, when that weekend rolls around, tossing on the back no, of the jersey?
1: It's more of from fans. It's more oh, like okay. spring training when we when I walk outside and we walk through this big group of people as we head to the fields. People just yell "chicken strip, chicken strip," <laughs> you know. In the lock in the locker room, I'm still stripped, just now, nice and easy. Just yeah, just strip.
2: Now, follow up to that, since you say it's mostly fans. I know when games occur, there's times before the game where you can go over, sign some autographs, interact with the fans. Have you ever been given a chicken
1: strip like to eat before a game by a fan? <laughs> Oh, good question. No, I have not. And I don't know if that's kind of messed up (laughs) in all honesty. Uh, You know, but no, I've never actually been offered a chicken strip. I always get asked uh, what my favorite sauce is. And I'm actually not a sauce guy. I usually just say barbecue, but no one has ever actually tried to physically hand me a chicken strip yet.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, when, yeah, Mm -hmm. when baseball resumes and you're out there, Abe and I are going to show up and with a a bag of chicken strips
1: for you so. and, and, and you'll feel free know to, who feel, we are
2: feel free <laughs> yeah. to say no because i'll be more than happy to eat them for you
1: <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll leave them for you guys good luck cool. getting into a stadium with a full bag of chicken strips <laughs> uh, <you're under laughs> clear it. bag policy Clear <laughs> bag policy.
0: uh so Roth, i was listening to your big swing podcast also snapback fam anyone listening to this definitely check it out They've had some very very cool guests. I listened to C.J. McCollum, Mike Evans. I know you have that A and M connection. Then a ton of baseball stars. But what I really thought was the coolest part is that it seems like it's just you and your buddy normally for each episode, and that's kind of what Abe and I do here. We're just lifelong best friends who are talking about all different types of things. I like that you haven't really just locked down on the fact that you're a baseball player. You're a baseball player. You're a podcaster you do stocks outside of work I mean you have so much going on how do you balance that in such a busy schedule
1: yeah you know that's just my personality man I just I'm a busybody by nature and and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's bad you know sometimes I need to sit back and remember that I'm a married man and and I already live a crazy lifestyle and I got to find some hours in there for my wife and for us to you know be a family and have our own alone time but I'm just, my brain's always going and the podcast has actually been a great outlet for that. Uh, My co-host, his name is Cooper. He is not a baseball guy at all and (laughs) I get to talk about baseball constantly. So the podcast has been kind of a cool outlet for us to talk about other stuff. And like you said, we got to have Mike Evans on, we got to have CJ McCollum on. So we got to talk about football and basketball and those two. And then a lot of episodes are just me and him just kind of spitballing on current events and sports and we just really enjoyed it. And it's been a lot of fun. You guys would know y'all have an awesome podcast. It's fun to just escape for an hour a week, a couple hours a week and to prepare something and to be passionate about something and be able to articulate it to a fan base that maybe enjoys listening to your opinion. So it's just been a ton of fun. We're going to keep it going. We're going to try and put out maybe even two or three during this down period if we can and just uh, keep doing it. Yeah.
2: So you just mentioned the down period, And I think that's something to point to, especially with, uh, not really much going on in the world right now. I mean, right now you should be wrapping up spring training, getting ready for opening day. And unfortunately with the circumstances, you are not, but baseball is in a little bit of a different situation where they never really got, got going on the season. So there's still hope that something's going to happen no matter when it starts or whatever. But I mean, aside from this podcasting, this um, following up with the stock market and everything else you do in your free time. So you, you, Obviously, you have way more free time now because you, since you guys have left free spring training, what has this time been like? Because you and your MLB career, um, you've, you're not used to this. Nobody's used to what's going on right now. So, what is this time period like around the league? Are you talking to guys? Like, are people bored? I mean, obviously, you're keeping busy, but I mean, this is just the weirdest of times.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what it is, man. It's just really, really weird. A lot of people, uh, I've talked to pitchers mostly, especially pitchers within the Dodgers. You know, you don't necessarily know what to do. Do I keep throwing off a mound? Do I have hitters stand in and simulate at bats? Or do I kind of pull it back to the middle of an off season where I'm just playing catch a couple of days a week, getting big and strong in the weight room and not overdoing it because, you know, it looks like there may not be baseball for up to two more months. So why would you go out and throw multiple bullpens a week and wear out your arm and your body and all that kind of stuff? So it's just a, of very much time of unknown and everyone's kind of dealing with it in different ways. But at the end of the day, you know, right now it's really about staying inside, staying healthy, keeping your family healthy and and doing what you can to get over this virus. And then once baseball comes back, that'll be great. I think we'll have a spring training 2.0 where we'll have plenty of time to build up. So I think it's kind of don't overdo it right now and and just be ready to play once, once they give us the green light.
0: So we already put, are Texas A&M, Texas Longhorns, beef aside. There wasn't much beef for those who are listening.
2: Third-party uh, third question before you ask this. Yeah. So obviously there's a million Texas schools, big schools, uh, Tech, A&M, uh, UT. Are, are A&M and, and UT the, the biggest of rivals? Because oh, I feel yeah. like it's really UT oh, in yeah. Oklahoma now.
0: No, no. It's, it's A&M and Texas by far. The reason okay. why you might think that is recently – a&M moved, ran away to the SEC,
1: and,
0: uh. and so now it's Texas and Oklahoma because that, you know, the Red River rivalry. But, that right. I mean, it is actually – I don't follow the football recruiting like my cousin does, but he is the biggest diehard. The a and and Texas, like, message boards talking about 14-year-old kids actually is the <laughs> most insane – you can't even imagine the stuff they say. The two are always talking about each other. It's still a, an insane rivalry, and they haven't played in like I don't know seven years now. The last game I think we won on a walk off kick by Justin Tucker.
1: It really is wild how early that recruiting stuff starts, man. I I'm really really happy that A&M was able to move to the SEC. I know it ends what I thought you know was the biggest rivalry in sports because it's what I grew up watching, is the Texas A&M rivalry on Thanksgiving Day, all that stuff. But it kind of got us out of the. UT Shadow. You know, Texas was definitely kind of our big brother. I'm willing to admit that. They definitely probably have a winning record against us in every sport across the board over the history of our rivalry. So, moving to the SEC was a big opportunity for us, and we did it at the right time. We got Johnny Manziel and Mike Evans that year and kind of put us on the map. So, you're not going to hear me talk bad about Texas. I think the world is better when Texas is good at sports. I'd rather them be good than tech and Baylor and TCU any day.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, don't 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 waste your time hoping for Texas to be good at sports. <laughs> but um, did you did you want to go uh, anywhere else around Texas? Obviously, you, you grew up in Texas. We talked about before we recorded. You actually were born right by me in Blue Bell, PA. But that was short lived. Did you want to go anywhere else in in Texas growing up, or was it always A and M?
1: You know, I liked UT a lot growing up. I really did. I mean, Vince Young beat USC in that what was it 03 or o five. Yeah. Um, championship. I mean, man, that was so cool. I remember exactly where I was when I watched that. I loved UT. It's just, I have an older brother. He's three years older than me. And once he went to A&M, that just kind of sealed it. And, right. you know, I was visiting College Station to visit him and you just kind of fall in love with the smaller town versus Austin, uh, which is a giant town and a much different feel. And I, I, I would have been happy either way. Uh, I'm very, very glad I ended up going to A&M. I love A&M. I bleed maroon now, as they say, but... Uh, Don't basically, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was basically between UT and A&M always, never really considered any of the others. Yeah, well, you made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It's,
0: it's actually crazy. We've talked to like four straight people, four elite athletes who grew up in Texas. Oh yeah. Like, you just so... reminded
2: me. You just <laughs> reminded me. Wait, Ross. I got to ask you real quick. We, we so, talked
0: to two kids who uh, – we're doing a draft series right now. So we talked to two guys who played at Baylor. We talked to uh, a safety from Georgia who grew up in Texas. Like, it's just all the town in the world apparently.
1: Wait, so I Ross, heard. T- is it true that – sorry, I keep interrupting. Go, on, no, no, go is ahead. It go true ahead. That, is it true that the NFL draft is canceled or is it just the, the group of people is canceled? Is the actual draft canceled?
0: The draft – will go on. I think it's the okay. fact that the Las Vegas event, which I was honestly trying to go out there for work, work in quotes. <laughs> um, yeah. That, yeah, that has been canceled. But I do think they're going to broadcast it on TV. I haven't heard much. It's officially a month away from the draft actually today, so TBD. But I think the draft will still go
1: on.
2: Gotcha. So yeah, I when I heard say, that, I was
1: like, wild. Wow. Yeah, it's wild.
2: So as I was going to say, we've had many – texas people on recently and i think jack is trying to organize something i don't know what it is what's up his sleeve but did you grow up a because obviously jack and i we do a sports podcast we talk about all different types of sports every week and kind of losing our mind over here with no sports going on did you grow up like a sports junkie at heart like watching other sports becoming a fan or was it really just playing your own sport and going about your business
1: yeah you know what it was for me was playing sports i uh Even as a kid, I never really sat down and watched nine innings of baseball or an entire football game. It was always kind of on in the background, but when you have an older brother uh, and and you have a nice backyard, you know, you're just outside playing the sport rather than inside watching it. So that's kind of how I fell in love with sports, and I played a little bit of everything. I played a ton of soccer. I went to one of those Friday Night Lights high schools in Texas where football was king. I uh, played football, basketball, baseball. Like I said, soccer even gave lacrosse a chance for a bit. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. And I went to tennis camp. I mean, I just tried sure. everything under the sun. Right. And um, and that's kind of how I fell in love with sports.
2: So I, so I, what I'm getting out of this, and this is what I ask all of our guests, and nobody has said yes yet, so I haven't had to hung up the phone. But just to <laughs> clarify, you did not grow up a Dallas Cowboys fan.
1: Oh man, you're gonna have to hang up the phone. Oh <laughs> my god. Yeah. I grew up oh, I'm ten so sorry. From... I am so yeah, sorry. That's fair. Well no well, you grew up uh, ten minutes from the stadium, you don't have a choice, man. And you and you grew up in the Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith era.
2: I yeah, mean, I was gonna, gonna say born in Bluebell PA.
0: Ross, Ross yeah. had some good memories as a Cowboys fan. It's not like he's been only living through Dak Prescott Tony Romo days. It's true. Agree. That's
1: when I was a fan, is when we were good. And then you get into fantasy football, and then you just become a fan of individual players. Yeah. You know, I used to, when I was 10 years old, I could probably name 75% of the Cowboys roster. Now I can only name who's fantasy relevant. So, you know, you <laughs> kind of, which is kind of the issue with the NFL in general now, is, you know, teams are kind of losing their fandom, but fantasy football is, is, such a mega industry that you still, you know, obviously watch. Now the Jaguars, Titans on Thursday night football means something. Yeah. When I was well, we, 12 years old, it did
0: that swing in sports in general. Like, even the NBA is very, very heavy. Um, and I enjoyed going through your social media because I think you actually understand it where baseball is having a big problem trying to get there in terms of player development. I know they had the campaign this past offseason, like it's all about the players, but – that's always been mostly a team sport and they like to kind of contain their electric personalities. How have you kind of escaped that? I mean, I know you're a businessman and you're very creative in that sense, but you're also doing it well on social.
1: Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, man, baseball players just really battle to build their brands like these other sports do, you know, in the NBA, the third guy off the bench still has 200,000 followers on all social platforms versus, You know, there's probably half the country on the East Coast that doesn't even know who Mike Trout is, who's basically the LeBron James of baseball. And, yeah, that comes down to personality. You know, LeBron wants to build his brand, basically took on the Lakers in Los Angeles to build that mega brand versus Trout and Kershaw and and the other baseball superstars who kind of are more introverted, maybe. Um, You know, so for me, I think there's a lot of really cool baseball personalities out there. So if I can get a few of them on the podcast or even show my own personality on my socials and, uh, you know, kind of give fans a little insight into, into who I am, I think that's pretty cool and it's not something that the MLB has really been able to do very well.
2: Yeah, they, it, that's a good point. You can get all these MLB players' personalities on your podcast and then just uh, funnel them down to us, you know? We'll get, we'll get your yeah, sloppy exactly. seconds. But you talked about yes, how man. how a lot of people like in the world right now, they don't they, – they know the LeBron James is the Patrick Mahomes. And even though Mike Trout is on that level, if not more, in his respective sport of baseball, he doesn't really get the global recognition that these other superstars have because he's in baseball and because it may not be as a popular sport. Obviously, baseball is taking measures to gain more popularity. I saw Mike Trout's now on TikTok. That's pretty interesting. But what do oh, you man, think? I need that, to watch that. Yeah, no, seriously. But what do you think that baseball if in your mind needs to do to become more in the national spotlight at like the MLB, I mean, like the NFL, like the NBA?
1: Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, baseball is worldwide, man. It's, it's played in South America. It's played in, in Asia. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's no NFL outside of America mm-hmm. yet, you know, MLB seems to really struggle to get on a world platform as the NBA has And as far as what we need to do, you know, I'm I'm honestly not sure. We need more players like Trevor Bauer, who are just obsessed with building baseball's brand and building players up and and having a platform for players. I think, you know, naturally, baseball players just seem to be more, um, I don't know, I guess I said extroverted earlier. I'll use that term again. It's just, you know, it's almost like baseball players just want to go home and be with their family and play video games. They're not, you know, big into fashion and they don't, have these huge brands that they want to build. So we need more players that are passionate about that, I guess, if we ever think that, you know, our brand is really going to explode. I I do think MLB is trying hard. I'm not saying that they're not, but it's just, uh, for whatever reason, our players just don't seem obsessed with it like players of other sports.
0: I love that you noted video games. I've been doing a YouTube (laughs) series since the quarantine started on MLB The Show. And I think, like, NBA 2K is literally a part of NBA culture. Like the guys are always talking about it. They play it themselves. The same thing with Madden. The guys always comment on their own ratings. And M L B the Show just came out. And I think Pete Alonzo was playing maybe and they talked about, but I don't think a lot of players maybe, and I'll give you this idea free to use, no cost, but I think a lot of fans would love to see you guys playing yourself and like Talk about going through a pitch progression. Like, I'm guessing pitches. I realistically have no clue what's going to come. You guys actually do this for a living. And, like, to get that insight would be really cool. Combine that with an entertaining personality. I think there's a lot of fun things that, you know, MLB stars can do. But we made it through – like 20 minutes of a podcast and we haven't even touched on your actual baseball career, which I think is awesome. It it speaks to how like well-ventured you are off the field. But I do want to ask about that a little. Uh, You're an all-star pitcher, but let's go back to your first career start. Who throws seven plus innings of no-hit baseball without (laughs) ever pitching in the league? And then who lets their manager pull them off the mound? What's that about? I, I need to know.
1: Yeah. That is, uh, you know, man, that's just being a young guy and not really even knowing that you had a choice in the matter. Um, And that's that's basically admitting to just being absolutely exhausted. I would think I was throwing 84, 85 miles an hour, (laughs) just poo balls up there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the most I threw in that spring training was maybe 45, 50 pitches. I'd already been optioned out of big league spring training. And due to injuries – I get called up and make that start. And it was just, I mean, it was raining the whole time. I had all of my friends and family there. It's one of those things that was just meant to be. And it was really, really cool. Uh, obviously wish you get a chance to finish it off. And what's crazy is we end up losing that game of all things, but, yeah. um, you know, it, it it was really, really special and something, obviously, you'll remember forever and hopefully get a chance to try and do it again sometime.
0: Yeah, when I was going through that stuff, I was like, wait, he pitched seven innings with no-hit baseball but recorded his first <laughs> win on a different day. Like, how does that even happen? Yeah. And then Abe and I were recording our uh, weekly podcast for our Monday episode last night And we were reading through some stats and, like, mind-blowing sports stats. Wayne Gretzky has more uh, just assists than any NHL player has points. And one of the other stats was, like, Nolan Ryan threw 225 pitches in an appearance. So I think you were only at 100.
1: So you could – like,
0: how does that even happen?
1: Yeah, man, it's just today's era of baseball. That 100-pitch mark is just – I don't know. It's just such a pinnacle that people agree to where you just shouldn't really cross it anymore, especially in the Dodgers organization with the analytics and the stuff that we do now. It's just, you know, we believe that when you got five guys in your bullpen that throw 100 versus a fatiguing starter and maybe the heart of the lineup, why would you not bring in one of your strongest guys? And, you know, obviously we're looking at one game, which happened to be my debut, but over the course of a season, you know, it's just you're going to use your studs Close games like that, and that kind of just you know piles the cards in your favor to win more games, and that's that's what baseball is trending towards now.
2: It's kind of like uh, baseball's own version of what we're seeing in the NBA nowadays of quote unquote load management. But I'm actually curious if all of that, all the analytics and all the sports nerds are thrown out of the building, out the window, and whatever. And it comes down to it. And you're pitching. Let's just give it a hypothetical situation. You're in a you're in a World Series game. Everything on the line. Winner go home. Game seven. And you're feeling yourself. Your stuff is good. You're hitting your spots. You're throwing heat. How many pitches realistically could you possibly throw in one outing where your arm before your arm just absolutely gives out? Because I it's definitely so, over a hundred.
1: Yeah, it's over a hundred. I mean, game seven, you got four months off staring you in the face and right. you, the competitor in you comes out and I mean Yeah, you're probably could you hit 150 175? Yeah, I think for sure. I think you could for sure. And, you know, (laughs) and and some guys are built up more than others. Like I bet Kershaw could throw 200 just because he's so uh, mentally strong plus physically strong. And you put him in a game seven. I mean, he he would go until you basically had to knock him out and drag him off the mound.
0: (laughs) That's that's pretty crazy to think about. Uh, what's the drop off? So then, let's say you're pitching. You're at a pitch 150. You're the last person in the pen. Like, there's no one left in the pen. <laughs> what's the drop off between you at pitch 150 or 175 and like your best position player? I don't know who that is on the Dodgers, but coming in to pitch. Because whenever we see those guys come on, like Chris Davis for my Orioles, like he's throwing 64 mile per hour fastballs right down the middle, hoping no one hits it over the wall. Like, what is the yeah. drop off? And at what you point know, would funny you
1: That's we had Russell Martin last year who came in and threw like five scoreless innings over the course of the year. He's throwing like eighty nine mile an hour fastballs. So, you know, some some guys had you know, teams have guys that pitched in college or whatnot, but I still think a big league starter at pitch one seventy five is exponentially better than whoever your best position player is. Because wow for one, if it's a game that's meaningful, the hitter's gonna be into it right? Versus usually when a position player's on the mound, the hitter's just like, dude, this stinks. You know, mm-hmm. just don't strike out. That's all i think. Don't strike out. You're going to get made fun of for a month. You know, versus if it's game seven, uh, strategies into it, scouting's into it, a position player won't know that kind of stuff. Won't be able to actually hit spots, change speeds. Still at pitch 175 if I'm throwing 82 miles an hour, I can still change speeds, change eye levels, change location. And that's really what matters is moving big leaguers' feet, changing their timing. That's That's you know, the way you get guys out.
2: Right. So let's not let's not talk about any hypotheticals anymore, because we live in a, <laughs> what, what have you done for me <clears throat> lately world? The Dodgers these past few years have been right up there. They've been on the brink of ho- hoisting that World Series championship. Um, obviously have fallen short a few times. You've been on those teams throughout all these years. And, I mean, Dodgers are back at it again this year. They add another top five player in baseball and Mookie Betts. What's it going to take? What's it going to take to get over that hump, and to finally lift that World Series trophy. In your in your mind.
1: Yeah, great question. You know, it's it's kind of stay the course like we're so close. I don't know right. what you can really do to get better. We our rosters built to be good for 200 games. I mean, we have guys in AAA that could start in basically 25 other organizations whether that's in in the field or on the mound. So it's it's just Stay the course. We have all the experience we could possibly have as far as playoff games. So it's just, I don't know, you know, be confident. Obviously, we keep building talent around us. We had another Cy Young and another MVP to our roster, and David Price and Mookie Betts, like you said. So there's all the confidence in the world in our, in our locker room. So it's just a matter of, of, you know, I guess playing free and easy when those big moments come and not putting too much pressure on ourselves. Right.
0: Totally. I mean – we're rooting for you. Once we can finally get back out there, well, are well, 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 well. I am,
2: I am, I am rooting for you, but I am also a Phillies fan. So, okay, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm an Orioles to... fan, so I don't have anything to worry <laughs> about. That's tough, yeah, I, I don't have much to worry about either, but I just have to <laughs> state my fandom.
0: Um, all right, Ross. Before we get to ranked, I do have one question for you. I know you trade stocks and you do wealth management off the field. The economy is hit. I mean it's like the orioles right now it'll it'll come back up, but we're not performing at the highest level um, <laughs> what are there do you have any good stock tips?
1: you know right now man it's it's just don't panic in a time like this I mean this is the quickest we've ever fallen from an all time high in the history of the market, and not only did we fall, we fell over thirty percent and really we're just looking for some good news you know everyone says um What is it? Stop the curve or whatever it is. You know, we need Mm -hmm. people to start. We need to slow down the cases of the coronavirus. Uh, The Fed is doing everything they can. basically came out today and said they're going to put an infinite amount of money into the economy as long as we need it, which is unprecedented. That's never happened before. Interest rates are at zero. Um, The government's going to try and bail out small businesses as best they can. Might have to end up bailing out airlines, restaurants cruise ships, all sorts of stuff. So it's not a lot of good news out there right now. But in times like this, man, the best thing you can do is is not panic. We're going to get an unbelievable opportunity to buy blue chips, staple companies of our economy at incredibly discounted rates that we haven't seen since before Trump got in office. So it's, it's basically clear up as much cash as you can, get it from out under your mattress, get it from in your car, wherever you got it, and just be ready to to jump in once this thing kind of hits bottom and levels out a little bit, because we're going to have an unbelievable opportunity to uh, get some real, real gains once this market starts going back up.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm um, Jim Cramer, Mad Money, and know everything about the
1: <laughs> market and everything, <laughs> everything about
2: stocks. Because frankly, I worked in finance for a year, but I don't really know much other than it is not a good time to be a stock, specifically in the equity market. But just throw me out there. So I can just keep track of my own and make myself feel smart. One stock to keep a lookout on the bounce back.
1: Yeah, man. I wish you're probably going to have to end up cutting this segment from the podcast because I just can't, I can't do it. As a licensed <laughs> guy, as a licensed money manager, uh, it's just not worth the risk of the lawsuit if I tell you to go buy stock XYZ and it falls to zero and you can sue me for everything. Really? Uh, you know, That's yeah, not It's just. Yeah, too much of a liability. I can't I can't give individual names. I've gone on Fox Business and some other platforms before where they ask me, like, just give me one name, like one name hmm. that you love. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just can't. I'll, I'll get out of this interview, and I'll have 50 emails from compliance telling me what the heck did you just do. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'll, I'll answer, honestly, I'll answer live... the question
2: for you. <laughs> I'm going to throw out one <laughs> stock for the Snapback fam to keep a lookout for. Uh, what stocks involve podcasts?
0: I live for the day where Abe is suing Ross Stripling. Like, I literally <laughs> that – that is the day I live for. Um, all right, cool. Let's go to Rank then. So every Thursday on the podcast, we rank something. In the world, we've done cereals. We've done fast food, burgers. Um, I also do want to shout out, what is your favorite chicken strip? I don't even know if Abe knows about Cane's. I assume that's going to be I up don't. there. But. I don't. Yeah, he doesn't. Canes
1: is, Canes is good. Canes and Lanes and College Station are definitely good. They're a big rivalry. Uh, I always say Chick-fil-A. In Arizona, mm. I always love going to Arizona because they have spicy chicken strips. Mm. Uh, oh, I think they're maybe only in Arizona, and they are phenomenal if you get a chance to try them.
2: A chicken, okay. strip for me, a chicken strip for me is like pizza. Like, yeah, you can have good chicken strips and bad chicken strips. But at the end of the day, a bad chicken strip is still a chicken strip. You're going to eat it. You know what I mean? Like a bad piece yeah, of pizza is still pizza. That exactly. makes sense on the chicken strip conversation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for that, Abe. Uh, all right, let's rank some things. So on this episode of Ranked, we are going to rank the top three worst fantasy football people. So I'll kick it off. We'll go to Abe, and then Ross will snake it around. Top so, three?
2: Top three? Like
0: Yeah, top three, top three. All right, my number three is the auto-draft guy. If you're oh, going to be in me. a fantasy football <laughs> league, don't – just not show up for the draft. It's not that difficult. Put it on your schedule and be there for the draft. Because not only are you – well, sometimes those teams actually turn out to be well. But then you lose interest in your team because you didn't pick them. And then nine times out of ten, you actually take good players that I would have stolen off the board. So don't oh, be the auto the worst. Draft guy. That's literally the worst is, like, you have a guy. You know the guy right before you uh, doesn't need the tight end on the board. But the guy but two weeks ahead is auto draft and it just automatically takes like George kid off the board like that is the worst
2: you should get a you should get a 3 year like ban if you're that if you don't show up to the draft and you're in like a serious league but
0: and that's only number 3 so i'm curious what else we got abe
2: my number 3 i have a bunch right in front of me i'm going to go with the guy the untradeable guy in your league the guy who <laughs> overvalues every player on his team He wants wants the farm and then some for a RB2, RB3 flex position. (laughs) And don't get me wrong. Let me preface this entire segment by saying I have probably fallen guilty to all three of my my worst fantasy football players at some point in my fantasy football career. So I'm not going to say that I haven't overvalued my team because obviously when I draft my team, I feel as if it's the best, whether it is or it isn't. But the guy who is impossible to trade with – who just says, are you kidding me, feels disrespected by these trade when they're legitimate trade options and you just can't trade with him. He thinks his team is the best, and then he ends up as a five seed and he loses in the first round.
1: Yeah, it's, okay. that's so true. Oh I, I'm guilty of that too. Like I drafted Will Fuller last year who right. can't stay on the field, but I still won't trade him because <laughs> I drafted him. I love him. He's a Houston guy, and he is can win you a league or win you a week if he's on the field, but I still won't trade him. <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, all right, so we're coming right. to so you my, for number three.
1: Yeah, so as uh, – while I'm listening to you guys go through yours, I'm thinking of mine. My, my, as a commissioner of a couple of leagues, a oh. guy that I hate is the guy that can't remember his login every year <laughs> or multiple times a year. He's like, hey, what email did I use? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, uh, can you reset reset my password? I was like, no, that's on your end. you know. And then like five minutes before the draft. He's like, hey, what's my login? You know, that that's the guy I don't like. Okay. For, I like for that. me, like I feel
2: like the commissioner I'm not the commissioner in my league for obvious reasons because you have to deal with bullshit like that. But I feel like the commissioner in a league deals with way different problems than everyone else. Just probably the most annoying, like, yo, I didn't mean to I didn't mean to pick up him and drop him. Can you switch it? Stuff like that. Just the little stuff that would get under your skin. It's like, dude,
1: like figure it out yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, Ross, we're snaking it. So give us number two if you have it.
1: Okay, yeah. How about um, how about the guy that complains about the scoring system before oh. it's updated? You know, oh. <laughs> or just the scoring system in general. That's like, how, since when are we doing PPR? Or since when <laughs> do you get four points for a forty-yard field goal? It's like, dude, we've been in this league for six years. <laughs> I'm sorry you
0: lost.
1: I'm sorry you lost by one point because your dude hit a forty-yarder instead of a thirty-nine-yarder, but. You know, it, it, that, that's what we've always done.
2: Okay. Love it, I like love that. It. I like My that. number two, and it kind of goes in hand hand in hand with Jack's number three. I was going to mention this because it's a little bit synonymous, but just the lazy guy in general. The guy where you're in a very serious league, everyone takes it seriously. They check it on a weekly basis, and this guy week after week is starting somebody on a bye. I get it. It gets you the win. That's awesome. But that takes all the fun out of fantasy football. You literally only have to check your team for about 10 minutes on a weekly basis. You have no excuse to be starting somebody on a buy.
1: <laughs>
0: I I agree. Um, I think punishments, I actually haven't really ever played in a league with punishments. I know that's They're a fun. big thing Abe They're does. Do you, do you do any punishment leagues, Ross?
1: We have thought about it forever and we've just never come up with one uh and stuck with it but, but i, I no, do I have not. think
0: yeah i do think that eliminates what you're talking about a little abe which is that can be helpful because when you can penalize the guy and last at least they're not going to if it gets to week 12 and they're five and seven and they're out of the playoffs but out of protecting last place maybe not so much right. but overall it keeps it more entertaining all right my number two is also kind of riffing off of Abe's. I'm taking the counter side, though. It's the unfair trade offer guy, the guy who like, thinks these okay. guys are so valuable. Like, I had one <laughs> time, it was la- it was uh, last offseason, so it was before this season, I had someone tell me that Devontae Adams wasn't consistent. As he was trying to trade me Kyle Rudolph, um, <laughs> and Devontae, I, I was like, I know Devontae's been a top three fantasy wide receiver for the past three years, so I'm just confused, and I went to check. Like, maybe he had missed games. He had played in 15 of 16 games in all three seasons. He had caught eight-plus touchdowns and 1,000 yards in all those seasons. And I was like, where where do you even come up with this stuff? And then it's just like I get a notification from my cousin who is the worst at this. Like, he offers the absolute worst trades. And just tries to talk himself into them. And you just can't get anywhere with them. So I hate the unfair trade guy. That's
2: a
1: good yeah,
0: one.
2: No, there's, definitely, there's definitely that aspect to it. And I've probably fallen guilty of that too. But half of that <laughs> is sometimes just messing with people.
0: Yeah. But my true.
2: number... Hold on. I'm let me on go number, number
0: one. Let me number one. Oh, you're on number one. We're you're on number one.
2: We're snaking. All right. This, don't, this don't, one... Don't take mine. Don't take mine.
0: This one, I recently like really got into this person this year but it's the guy with nine fantasy teams who cheers for every touchdown on NFL red zone. Like, Oh yeah, I got that guy in another league. Right. If you have nine, nine teams and you have every player across the league and you're cheering, like you're actually cheering when a guy scores a touchdown, then I get it. It's a nice dopamine hit in theory, but you just can't do that. It makes it no fun. Like lock down your team. One, two or three teams. Max would be my opinion. But don't just cheer every time someone scores a touchdown. Yeah, that's my I, I was gonna
2: say that. I think the most manageable. I think the consensus is I only really, really like having two teams every year because I feel like I can actually personally put effort into both. I'm okay with a third. I'm not gonna be thrilled about it, but any more than three, and you just gotta you're rooting for six people on the field every game.
0: And and against you, that's the worst part. Is like this guy will be like, yes, yeah, celebrate the touchdown, and then he's like, oh damn, I'm actually playing him. Like, no shit, dude. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's like the guy on Monday Night Football that's like, well, I need Christian McCaffrey to score no more than 20, but get at least more than 12 because I have him in another league. But I also <laughs> right. can't have the defense get more than five because then I lose another league. You're like, dude, right. whatever. Right.
2: <laughs> My number one most hated fantasy football player is the guy – this is pretty much goes to everything in life – the guy that does too much. The guy who is always in your face—you're, you're not even talking about fantasy football. You're out to dinner. You're just having a good time. Yo, 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 yo! Check my team. Check my team, Dude, <laughs> The Check let, my let me, team, guy. Let me give you. Let me give you a. Let me give you a piece of advice. And this is myself too. Nobody cares about your fantasy football team. You don't care about mine. I don't care about yours. We could be in the same league. This guy who I'm talking about considers himself the Matthew Berry of your league, criticizing everybody's move in each league while he's sitting at a a barely above 500 winning percentage. He's talking to you about your matchups, worrying about your matchup, worrying about his team. He's up at 12.01 on a Tuesday night working the waiver wire. (laughs) The guy that does
1: too much. Hey, so you guys cut out like 20 seconds on me though. All
2: right. So pretty cool. much I hate the guy that does too much. The guy who's <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: in the waiver wire talking
2: about your team, talking about his team. Just it was Honestly, it was one of Abe's better rants. It was one of <laughs> Yeah, I'm
1: sorry rants. I missed the tail end of it. I, I caught the beginning of it and just thinking of, like, the guy Monday morning that comes to your cubicle and just yeah. runs down his whole Sunday to you, and you're like, dude, I just don't need this right now.
2: Dude, I haven't <laughs> even put my lunch in the fridge yet. I don't care about what you need on Monday night tonight. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> um uh, right, i mean
2: you guys give us your number you one
1: guys, give us your number one yeah it would definitely be the the trade guy that you mentioned but i'll, I'll try and come up with one that you guys haven't said yet it, it for me and i just kind of keep going off the commissioner is the guy that you just have to absolutely hound to get the money
0: yes oh. I, I have that, that on guy. my list oh my yeah God. just like the guy
1: that's even you know, worse
0: and you might be a better commissioner but we've had this problem because we just have i play in a league that's pretty casual it's just college friends and it's like Hey, we're going to send, we're going to Venmo the winner money when it's done. Like, we don't need to collect, just be good for it. It's like 20 or 50 bucks, like nothing crazy. And then they don't like the guy who wins and, or something happens and they get put on auto draft or like something happens and they're just like, I'm not paying him. Like that guy is the absolute woke.
1: Yeah. I don't like that guy. I don't like having to chase you down for 50 bucks. It's just, uh, yeah, that, that guy, not my favorite.
2: Honorable mention that just came to mind. Yeah. Just that one, like, outsider in your league. Like, you have 11 friends, you need one more to fill it, and someone's, like, brother's, cousin's, dog's, friend fills your league. <laughs> you don't know who I he is. He doesn't know who you are. But just, I, don't I don't hate know. that
0: guy unless he wins he, the league.
2: And then he wins <laughs> the league.
0: I don't yeah. hate that guy unless he picks up, like, one of the things we just mentioned. Like, if he becomes the unfair dra- or trade guy, then he bothers me. But sometimes it's nice to have some outside influence. Keeps things on
1: it. I don't like the silent guy, right? Like the guy that drafts and then you just don't hear from for
0: yeah. He just weeks. plays this guy every. He plays his own draft picks. Doesn't make any moves. He just like yeah. goes along. Yeah,
1: There's you got to bring something guys. to the table. Yeah, yeah, some smack talk on Tuesday morning, something.
2: Okay. Yeah, and I feel like that outsider guy, the guy that I'm referring to, that guy that nobody really knows, he kind of falls into the quiet guy role. And, and as you suspect, you're in a league you don't know the level of trash talk that this group of guys or or girls um, do on a given year, but just like, I don't know. I'd rather cut one one of my friends from the league and deal with him complaining for a few months than add a 12th where it's just like, I don't know this guy. I want to talk trash to everyone in the league, and now I feel like a dick because I don't really know this guy, and I'm telling him I'm (laughs) going to beat him by 40 and – ruin everything (laughs) he's worked for all year and he doesn't care (laughs) and he doesn't care (laughs) and he's and and now you're the guy
0: that is now i'm the asshole uh all right ross well thank you for stopping by joining us make sure to check out ross's podcast big swing podcast um also make sure to check out abe and i because i think we're gonna go to la at some point this summer we'll be in those new home run seats gotta check those out at dodger stadium we will bring you some chicken strips and
1: barbecue sauce and be good. Awesome, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thank you all so much for having me, and I'll, I'll look out for you guys in L.A. Awesome. Ross,
2: best, best of luck this year. Hopefully the uh, MLB season gets going soon um, for, honestly, just my personal sanity. No, <laughs> no other reason. Nothing to do with uh, his job. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, but Agreed. seriously, thanks for taking the time. Uh, best of luck this year. Awesome.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks Ross. You.